from right here in the beautiful Flathead Valley, I'm Micah Drew, and this is the Flathead Beacon Podcast for Wednesday, October 20th. We are already halfway through the month of October, and with the looming Halloween holidays comes the prospect of the calendar turning over to November and the 2021 election cycle. As an off-off year in elections, it's easy to overlook this year's vote without a presidential candidate, congressional candidates, or state legislators on the ballot, but municipal races throughout the county will directly shape policies in Kalispell, Columbia Falls, Whitefish, and the surrounding areas as the county continues to grow. This week, I talked to my colleague, staff reporter Maggie Dresser, who covers the Kalispell City Council, about who's on the ballot for several open seats on the council, as well as the first contested mayoral election in a decade. Before we get to that conversation, though, a reminder that this episode of the Flathead Beacon podcast is made possible in part by members of the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. Members support all of our journalism in all of its forms, in print, online, and here in the podcast studio, and they do so for as little as $5 per month. Members get some extra perks, too, so if you want to find out more or join today, visit beaconeditorsclub.com. Now, let's welcome staff reporter Maggie Dresser and get a rundown of what we can expect on the ballot this coming November. Maggie, thanks for coming up to the podcast studio. Thanks for having me. Well, let's start. This is an election that a lot of people probably have not heard much about and probably are not looking forward to uh, because it's not there's no big names on the ballot. There's no presidents or even legislative officials. Why do people need to pay attention to these local municipal elections? Why does this matter? Well, the city actually, city council actually has more power than most people think. They don't have a ton of power, but they do decide certain things that most people probably don't pay attention to, like zoning. That's a big thing. And I guess one of the most recent ordinances they passed that keeps coming back as I interviewed all these candidates last, I believe it was last year, maybe it was two years ago, the council lowered impact fees for developers and that raised water and sewer for property owners. Mm. So that's one big thing that that impacted all property owners that they might not even be aware of. So that's why it's important. So with that, there are eight seats on the city council, half of them up for election every other year. So we have four open seats. Talk to me about the current seats up for election. There's only one incumbent running, correct? Yeah. So, yeah, so there's three open seats. One um, ward is running unopposed. Um, but yes, there's one incumbent. His name is Chad Graham. He's served a few terms on council. He works in cons- the construction industry and he has a pretty low government uh, attitude towards things or minimal government attitude towards things. The fewer barriers for developers, the better, in his opinion. Um, so that's kind of where he stands. And his challenger? Um, his challenger is Gabe Dillon, um, and they're both in Ward 2. And he works for Boys to Blacktail, so he's kind of more on the nonprofit trail side of things. He cares a lot about infrastructure and walkability and biking in the city. So those were kind of the, both their two main points. And then take us through the other couple city council seats that are up for election. Yep, there's two more, Ward 3 and Ward 4, and they're all new challengers except, so Rod Koontz, he was on city council for five and a half years, but he was mm-hmm. unseated a couple years ago, um, so now he's running again. But he he was on council for a few years, 
He's another one that kind of likes minimal government involvement, likes to stretch the tax dollar, keep things to a minimum. And his challenger is her name's Jessica Dahlman. She's a nurse. Um, she is pretty focused on trying to find childcare solutions mm. and getting infill in the city when it comes to development and preventing urban sprawl. So Ward 4, we've got Jed Fisher and Angela Kennedy. They're both brand new. Jed, he ran Parks and Rec for the county for 30 years, and he's another minimal government guy. And then Angela Kennedy, she she's a newcomer. She's lived in the Valley a few years now, um, and she um, is a big proponent of not having that urban sprawl as well. So with these city council elections, the different wards, do you get to vote for all of the city council members or do residents just vote for whichever ward they live in? Uh, you do not vote for all of them. You just vote for whatever ward you live in. So on your ballot, um, I just voted. So that's fresh in my mind, but <laughs> they'll have mayor and then whatever ward you live in and then judge. But that the judge is unopposed. And if people want to figure out which ward they live in to do a little extra research beforehand, where can they figure that information out? Um, there's a map on the city council or on the city's website, so you'd find that there. So then you did mention you've just voted, and you mentioned the other race that is on the ballot, uh, the race for mayor. And this is interesting this year because it's the first time in more than a decade that it has been a contested election uh, up in Columbia Falls. They're also voting for mayor, and it's an uncontested election. Talk to us a little bit about our current mayor, Mark Johnson, uh, what he has done, and then why he actually has a challenger this time. Yeah, so Mark Johnson has run unopposed both of his terms. This is the first time that he'll have an opponent. Um, he originally ran uh, because he wanted to see more business and economic diversity in the city. And his challenger is Sid Dowd, and he has been on council the last two years. So he's kind of gotten to see how things work. And they both are pretty minimal government oriented. Sid is definitely more so. Um, the fewer restrictions, the better, in his opinion. Um, but they both have pretty similar viewpoints from that standpoint. Are there any issues you've, you haven't covered city council for a while now? Are there any issues where the two of them have fallen on, on opposite sides that might make them stand out? Um, yes. So the impact fee ordinance or issue I brought up earlier, uh, Mark Johnson was a big proponent of that to make things easier for developers to promote more development and housing. And Sid was against that because he didn't think that was fair for property owners to take that one. Um, and then another recent one, um, they're in the process of working on the zoning for, for the marijuana mm -hmm. uh, dispensaries. Um, and they just did their first reading last week week and they did their second reading this week but last week mayor johnson basically made an amendment to zone dispensary so they're only in industrial zones so that pretty much makes them so they're only at old school station which is south of town and it's like not very much space um and sid thought that was pretty unfair and he voted he in his opinion he should they shouldn't have restrictions well, all of these issues are on the ballot, and Maggie does a great job previewing them in this week's issue of The Beacon. 
The election is November 2nd. You can vote ahead of time, but be sure to pick up the copy of The Beacon and get all of your information. Maggie, thanks for covering this and coming up to the podcast studio. Thanks, Micah. Thanks again to all of the reporting done by Maggie on the Kalispell City Council elections. Our managing editor, Tristan Scott, wrote a similar preview for the Whitefish City Council, which you can read in this week's issue of the Flathead Beacon. Now, here are the biggest stories from the last seven days as of 10 p.m., Tuesday, October 19th. On Monday, the Montana Department of Natural Resources and Conservation reported a new wildfire start southwest of Kalispell. The fire, initially estimated at 8 acres, is burning in grass, brush, and timber in the Patrick Creek area. 47 personnel are working on the fire, including two helicopters that are drawing water from Foy's Lake in an attempt to stop the fire from spreading. No structures have been lost, but there are homes that are threatened, and pre-evacuation orders for nearby homes are put in place. Members of the public are asked to avoid Patrick Creek Road for safety and be careful with any flammable materials, even as the weather gets colder. Across the state, COVID cases continue to have an impact on students as three separate school districts, Livingston, Darby, and Glasgow, have turned to remote learning this week to prevent spread of the disease in the schools. All three school districts have had too many staff members out sick to continue functioning normally. In northwest Montana, Eureka had to go to similar measures last month. Funeral services for Blackfeet Chief Earl Oldperson are set for Friday morning, with other opportunities to pay respects to the longtime leader during the week. Old person died of cancer on October 13th at the age of 92. On Wednesday afternoon, old person will be escorted to the Browning High School gym where he will remain until his funeral, 11 a.m. on Friday. A special church service is planned for 7 p.m. on Thursday. Old person served for more than 60 years on the Blackfeet Tribal Business Council and was chairman of the council for more than 50 years. He has been the tribe's chief since 1978. Old person worked to preserve the tribal language, music, and traditions, and fought to block oil and gas developments in the Badger 2 Medicine area, which is south of the Blackfeet Reservation and sacred to the tribe. Over in Columbia Falls, a group of landowners and others in the Flathead who will oppose a new subdivision east of the city have filed a lawsuit seeking to reverse approval of the preliminary plat. The lawsuit, filed by the Upper Flathead Neighborhood Association, Water for Flathead's Future, and Citizens for a Better Flathead, was filed in Lewis and Clark District Court on September 30th against the State Department of Environmental Quality, alleging the department violated the Montana Water Quality Act. The proposed subdivision, located east of the Flathead River outside Columbia Falls, would include a 48-home subdivision proposed on 32.5 acres of land. The Columbia Falls City Council approved the subdivision in 2019, and in February of 2020, DEQ issued a preliminary finding of non-significance for the project, concluding it would not impact local water resources. The complaint filed against DEQ says the agency did not independently determine the project's groundwater data, but rather relied on values provided by the applicant and failed to provide any analysis of the project's proposed sewage treatment systems' potential impact on surface water which prompted the Upper Flathead Neighborhood Association to hire a hydrogeologist to conduct an independent analysis, which they submitted to DEQ to no avail. And finally this week, the fall sports seasons are entering the postseason phase of competition. The Class AA soccer tournament kicked off today, with the Glacier boys making it through the first round, while the Glacier girls and both Flathead teams were knocked out. In Class A, the Whitefish boys and girls teams cruised through their quarterfinal matches, as did the Columbia Falls boys. 
The Columbia Falls girls searching for a state title berth lost a 3-1 match to two-time defending champion Laurel. On Saturday, the state cross-country meet will take place down in Missoula at the University Golf Course. Aiming for potential state titles are the Columbia Falls girls, who finished runners-up last year and will be led by Siri Erickson and Hannah Semp, both who have a shot at the individual title. The Big Fork boys, led by sophomore Jack Jensen, will also be looking for a podium finish for the first time in many years. In Class AA, the Flathead girls will be trying to make the podium after a close fourth-place finish last year, and sophomore Lily Rumsey-Ish will be looking for a top-five finish. And last but not least, Glacier's Sam Ells has only lost a single race to a Montana runner this year, and he is looking to follow in former teammate Simon Hill's footsteps and become the third state cross-country champion for the Wolfpack. That is all for this week, and once again, a reminder, if you have not yet picked up the fall issue of Flathead Living Magazine, be sure to grab one off stands now. And keep an ear out for the upcoming bonus episode of the Flathead Vegan Podcast, which will feature a conversation with departing managing editor, Myers Reese. This episode of the Flathead Beacon Podcast was hosted, edited, mixed, and produced by me, Micah Drew. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.